Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. I was talking with a friend recently who uh, would classify himself as a Christian, but doesn't regularly engage in his faith or in the church. And uh, he was sharing with me the problem of the church today. He says, the problem is that the church uh, has become too soft. The church preaches grace and, and preaches forgiveness, but doesn't talk enough about the hard parts of following Jesus. I'm not sure how you feel about that observation, but of course it's true that the way of Jesus is not easy. There is no getting around the fact that his message is radical and often unpopular. His invitation is demanding. Jesus himself says that the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And today we see the evidence of this. Jesus was with a larger group of his disciples and for some of them, his teaching was so hard that they just packed up and left. You see, it wasn't just the opponents of Jesus that rejected him, but even some of his own disciples left, rejected his hard teaching. This gospel reading that we heard today, it it comes from the end of what we call the bread of life discourse in the sixth chapter of St. John. And we've actually missed most of it over the past few weeks because two weeks ago we celebrated Mary McKillop and last week uh, the Assumption of Mary. So I'll just give you a, a quick little backstory to today's part of that chapter. It begins with Jesus talking about this bread that God is offering the world. And and Jesus says, unlike that bread that uh, your ancestors ate in the desert, you know, that bread that Moses uh, helped to get through his intercession, he said that bread, uh, people ate that bread and they became hungry, hungry again. They ate it and eventually they died. But Jesus is saying, the bread that God is offering you now is the true bread that gives you true and everlasting life. And when the crowd heard this, and when the disciples heard this, they they were excited. They said, yes, Jesus, please give us that bread. And then Jesus responds, he says, well, that's me. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. And now suddenly, this crowd and these disciples who were, who were excited about this idea of bread were a little kind of uneasy. They weren't so excited anymore. I guess they were expecting Jesus to give them some kind of magical bread. But here he is saying, it's me. I am the bread. Then Jesus goes on and now he, he kind of takes it up another level. He says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, 
You have no life in you. And, and this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Now for many of the crowd and some of his disciples, Jesus had taken it a little bit too far. And you can understand their, their, their difficulty in receiving this teaching, right? Eating flesh and drinking blood. I mean, not only was it against their religious law, but it's inhumane. Who does that? What they didn't realise, of course, was that Jesus was pointing towards the Eucharist where we don't eat his physical flesh, but his glorified body and blood. So that's one reason why some of Jesus' disciples, they left him at this moment. They literally thought he was talking about eating flesh and drinking his blood. But I want to suggest that there is another, there's a, there's a deeper reason why the disciples found this teaching so hard and why we might find it difficult to receive too. It seems to me that Jesus was deeply challenging their understanding of God. You see, in the culture of that time, when you shared a meal with someone, it was a very personal, very intimate experience. And, and here Jesus is giving us this image that's even more personal. He's, he's talking about not only eating with God, but he's, he's talking about consuming God, taking God deeply into ourselves, into our hearts and into our lives. You can't get much more intimate than, than that, right? And actually consuming God. Now, for some of those who were, who were listening to this this idea of God being personal, it would have been very hard for them to accept. You see, God is almighty, right? We know that's true of God. And certainly, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, we, we get this image of God as unapproachable. And, and there's a truth to that. God is too powerful, too great, too glorious for us even to look at, let alone approach. And often that seems to be how we prefer it to be, right? We, we, we seem to prefer to, to keep God at, at a distance. We, we like to perhaps say our prayers and, and, and to do our duty, to be good Christians, but we, we don't necessarily always like this idea of God becoming too involved in our lives. Maybe the idea of that would cause you to walk away from Jesus too, like some of the disciples. See, this is hard because Jesus is introducing a radically new way of relating to God. It's no longer just about obedience, about doing the right things, but now it's about being in a personal, honest, living relationship with God. You see, Jesus is revealing to us here that God does not love us from a distance, that his love necessarily involves closeness, vulnerability, intimacy. That's why God became human. That's also why God gave us the Eucharist, so that he can come close, so that he can enter into the deepest part of us, 
so that he can share in our life fully, so that he can be the center of our world. You see, we consume the Eucharist so that the life of God can fully consume us. This might sound nice, right? But in reality, for many of us, this can be the hardest part of following Jesus. You see, we might happily do all the other stuff that comes with being a Christian. We might happily pick up our cross. We might happily sacrifice ourselves for others, give ourselves generously. We might even be willing to endure persecution. But allowing God to really know us and accept us and forgive us and love us can be the greatest challenge of all. And the reason for that, at least one of the reasons, is because it involves bucket loads of courage and trust. It means that we need to allow ourselves to be constantly open and vulnerable and dependent on God. It means living a life that is surrendered, which of course is the opposite to trying to control our lives. We all, of course, have a story why we find it hard to trust, why we find it difficult to allow God and others to come close to us. As I've reflected on my own story, I realised there was a point in my younger years when I made a decision, not necessarily conscious, but, but nevertheless, it was a real decision that I needed to look after things myself. I, I couldn't rely on others. And there was an upside to that decision, right? It meant that I, I became very capable from a young age. I learned to provide for myself. I, I, I achieved some, uh, some, some success, we might say, in my younger years. But, but the great downside I discovered is that this autonomous and, and that kind of self-reliant way of living, it prevented God and it prevented others from getting close to me. From, from really knowing me and supporting me. I was connecting lots with God right throughout my life and, and I was relating lots with those people that were close to me. But I was always doing it from a, from a distance. I always had enough kind of uh, uh, distance or, or, or that kind of safety kind of barrier which, which meant that I didn't need to become too vulnerable. I didn't need to depend on others. As I came to realise that, and since I've come to realise that, I've, I've worked hard to undo that old pattern in me. I've made a real effort to deepen in my close friendships, to actively share myself with others, to allow people to love me and support me. And you know, the irony is that it's through that vulnerability by allowing people to come close to know me, to support me, to care for me, to, to be with me in my worst and in my most, my most ugly and my most weak parts of me. It's, it's there that I've discovered true strength and my deepest joy. This invitation to intimacy with God is really the most basic invitation of the Christian life. Jesus said it today, the flesh can't do anything. You know, your own efforts, 
your own brilliance. It's only the spirit that gives you life. So it's only when we, we, we allow God to come close, when we give him permission that the spirit of God can get into us and transform us, just like it transforms the bread and the wine. I'm not sure what your story is. I'm not sure why you might find it hard to allow others and to allow Jesus to, to come right into your heart and into your life. But today, I want to offer you two simple, well, maybe not simple. Yeah, simple, not easy. <laughs> two practical ways that you can grow in this kind of relationship with God, that you can deepen in intimacy with Jesus. The first way is simply to ask for this grace. Every day, as often as you remember, ask God to draw you closer to him. God, God, uh, draw me closer to you. Allow me, help me to allow you to come into my life today, to come closer to me. Just ask for the grace. God, help me to overcome this barrier I have to, to allowing you and allowing others into my life. This struggle I have to trust. Bring me closer to you today. That's the first thing. The second thing that we can do is, is just to develop a simple discipline of looking to Jesus first. Look to Jesus first. When you have a big decision to make, when you're facing a challenging circumstance, when you're frustrated and angry, when you're worried and afraid, when you need to solve a problem, when you want to share your dream with someone, go to Jesus first. Share it with Jesus first. This is what it means to call Jesus Lord. It means to go to him first. It means to make Jesus our reference point. It means to put him at the very centre of our lives. And look, as I talk about this and as you try and live it out, you might find yourself really resisting it. You know, maybe something within you is kind of thinking, oh, I don't have time to go to God first. My life's too busy. <laughs> well, what's the point? He never says anything to me. You might think, oh, it's you know, quicker and easier and better if I just work it out myself. But I want to encourage you to, to do it anyway. You don't need to listen to that voice. Go to Jesus first. Every time we go to Jesus first, we're reinforcing that, yes, he is my Lord. He is my reference point. Every time we go to Jesus first, we're building the relationship. We're deepening the intimacy and we're creating a space in us for the spirit to give us the life of God. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.